It's time to know your soul. Are you seeking the you within? Has people pleasing stressed you out? It's time to find your light so you can share your entrepreneurial gifts with the world. Well, Red Rover on over. But the only thing you're breaking through is yourself. This is Soul Amplified. Are you ready? Hello, welcome to the Soul Amplified podcast. I am Vanessa Grace, your host. And today is the first installment in the book, Chakras and Their Archetypes, Uniting Energy Awareness and Spiritual Growth by Ampica Waters. I'm going to be sharing this book with you and my journey with it until I'm done, which will probably be in July or August. And so the last podcast of every month will be on this book and one of the chakras in our bodies. So the first chakra that we always talk about when we talk about chakras is the root chakra. Our root chakra is located down there at the bottom of our spine and our groin area and basically the entire area that's touching the ground if we were to sit cross-legged. That's our root chakra area. And it is all about um, being connected to the earth and being connected to self-care and the basic needs of life. Uh, Ambika, the author, relates the root chakra uh, to two archetypes. She relates it to the victim, which is the unfunctional archetype, and the mother, which is the functional one. And so she has so many things to say about the victim mindset that I find so fascinating. Um, I've told you before that I have read this book in the past, but honestly, I everything felt new to me. Like I had never read it before. There were so many things that she said that I thought, oh my God, that's so wonderful. I can't believe I don't remember this from the first time that I read it so many years ago. Uh, but I am a totally different person from when the first time I read this. And so I guess it makes sense that I'm reading it with totally new eyes. Um, And the first time I read this book, I was sharing my readings and my journaling exercises with my close friend. And when you get to the first exercises, it's all about recalling a time that you were a victim or felt like a victim and processing that. And my friend said to me, I can't imagine you ever being a victim. And I said, you know, it was hard for me to find something to focus on because I don't very often feel that way. Um, But between reading this book the first time and reading it this time, I, you know, I had personal life experiences that did make me feel like a victim. And that is what brought out my realizations about my codependency and my own people pleasing And so the layers of personal growth and my depth of understanding of how, you know, human psychology and human development functions is so much deeper and personal within myself that I can see how um, going through and reading it again uh, with that understanding about victimhood can be totally transformative and different. I truly am a different person. 
and I was laying on my bed doing the journaling and I realized that the only thing that was the same was the bed was the same and the comforter on the bed was the same. We literally live in a different house. I'm a different person. You know, like those were the only things that seemed the same and I thought that was really funny. So, like I said, the first exercise that they have you do is, or that Ambika has you do, is to recall an experience when you felt like a victim. And this um, journaling exercise was so deep for me because I've already done so much work around that time in my life where I discovered my codependency or it came out more prominently. Um, you know, I've, I've been to therapy for it. I've been in group for it. I've felt like I've transformed it enough in myself that I made an entire program around it and I'm now doing this podcast and helping others overcome those aspects of themselves. But still, as I was doing this victim journaling um, and processing my emotions, I was like, oh, those emotions are distant and I remember feeling them is like the first layer of my journaling. And then as I kept going, I kind of started to tap into it, like to scratch the surface. And then it was, oh, there's still some deeper emotions there. Wow, I'm really surprised by this. And then the emotions just kept coming and the stories of um, feeling like a victim just kept coming. And they all poured out in my journal with crying and anger and just vivid, vivid emotions. And so I was surprised, but happy because that meant that it wasn't in me anymore. And it was like, okay, there's more growth that can happen. And there's, um, there's more goodness to come because of bringing this out of me. And so that first exercise, um, was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was tough but I feel like it was worth it because any growth that can pull out um, and really articulate to yourself how you're feeling just gives you that much more power. And um, even though it can make you feel weak in the moment, it does bring you power. And so that's all I did the first time that I was doing the exercises. I couldn't go any farther. Um, and I had to wait till my next journaling experience. And the next journaling experience that I did have um, was the question about look at other people that have made you feel like a victim and take your power back to yourself. And so I listed all these smaller situations where I felt victimized and I literally did this ex energy exchange with each situation, each person, even organizations or programs. It doesn't have to be a person. It could just be like um, organizations can make you feel like victims and how their policies are laid out and how they expect all their employees to work. And so e even that made it onto my list. And for taking my own power back, I basically asked, did I give them power? Did they take power from me? I asked for that back now. And then I asked, did I take their power? Did they give power to me? And then I give that back to them. 
and I could see in my mind um, the pieces coming back to me. And sometimes they were large chunks and I'm like, wow, I gave that much to them or they just took that much from me. And sometimes it was more like glitter filtering between us. Um, and it was, you know, it took a long time because I wanted to be thorough in how I allowed that energy exchange to occur. And some people hardly had any exchange, which let me know that even though I had felt like a victim from that situation in the past, that I really had put it to rest and that um, I had worked it out and there was nothing left. But then others had much more than I could even have realized. And the exchange that occurred felt like it was a settling of um, that old information. And what really came out of this for me was that, how do I want to say this? That the struggle that I may have had with that particular situation or person or organization may not have actually originated with them. It may have originated um, in some assumption or belief system that I had from another period in my life and that it was just being played out again in that scenario and reacting to it. Like I have, I totally have issues with needing to be in control of myself and not wanting that to be taken away and I can kind of overreact um, not like in a aggressive, angry way. It might not look like that externally, but internally I just do things to ensure that I have my own control. Like I run my own business. I'm my own boss. So that's definitely part of that. And I think that some of these victim situations where I felt like a victim, um, were me attempting to maintain control but that's from other life pieces, other life situations. And it just came about um, in the ones that I was working through. It also let me know, this journaling process also let me know some things that I need to do to clean up messes um, kind of emotionally to tie up loose ends and really finish them. I've got more journaling to do. I've... Um, got conversations to have with friends. There's pieces of my business that I need to take more control of and understanding um, the technology of certain aspects of things. And so doing this energetic exchange really taught me, okay, there's things that you can do to clean up your life and make you feel like you are present and not being tied to the past. And I really liked obviously being able to regain control of myself because I just talked about that briefly. And so the end of that meditation and journaling session, I felt so empowered because I had literally just received so much of my own power back from so many others. And anything that I had taken from others or that they had given to me, I had returned to them. And so even though I had that stuff, that energy, it wasn't mine to hold. It was theirs. And so I gave it back to them or I sent it to the sky to be kind of renewed and reused in some other way. 
And then I moved on to the deep meditation where Ampika has you literally get relaxed and then find the tension in your body and imagine, um, again, the victim situation, but you're in a meditation now and begin to release the feelings from your body and imagine the feelings leaving your body um, like smoke. And man, this was heavy for me. All those emotions that I had written out were leaving, but they weren't just leaving like smoke. Sometimes they left in hot air balloons. Sometimes they left like those cartoon bombs, the, the black bombs with the little um, tag on the end, the little fuse, that's what it's called. And so sometimes like little bombs were leaving me and sometimes it was like those 100 pound ton weights that were leaving me and um, all of these different visions of the way that an emotion could leave me were happening. Um, and for me, I imagine it in my mind's eye and it can be very powerful to see it in my mind leaving my body. Something for you to know, um, and I learned this from Reiki, she doesn't talk about it in the book. When something is leaving you from the present, it will leave you on the front. But if something is deeply rooted in your past, it will actually leave off of the back of your body. And so at one point, what I had to do is I had to roll over onto my stomach on my bed and allow a lot of things to leave, to leave me through my back. Um, and that was where a lot of the anger was leaving me actually through the back of my heart chakra and, you know, give yourself the freedom to change positions, to allow the smoke, as she calls it in here, to imagine the smoke leaving you. But of course, if it leaves in some other way, um, it has, if it has some other visual for you, that is absolutely fine. I mean, I had sand pouring out of me. I had all sorts of creative ways for these things to leave me in whatever way they wanted to do that. And what I found was that my body felt lighter after I had actually released the anger from my body and released lots of other emotions, but anger was definitely one of them. And just the feeling of powerlessness that can come with um, feeling like a victim. And then she has you um, forgive the other person or people, bless them and set them free. But what I also did was I said those things to myself because I participated in creating my victimhood, um, by not standing up for myself sooner. And so I needed to forgive myself and bless myself and set myself free, um, letting myself know that I didn't need to to behave that way anymore and that I could stand up for myself. What I really like about this meditation um, description is that she asks you to have light come into you to fill the places that you have just vacated um, so that you can have the goodness immediately with you. And she even goes through what the different color symbolisms are so that you can specifically fill yourself with a certain color of light 
Um, or if you just imagine and then whatever happens naturally, you then know what it means. And then the last part of this chapter, chapter three, is all about the mother archetype. And there's, um, oh wow, there's a lot to be said about the mother archetype. She talks about how the mother um, is our ultimate caregiver. And sometimes um, all of us haven't had mothers who knew how to take care of us in the right way. And so we didn't have an example and we have to be that to ourselves. Um, she talks about the mother archetype is really mother as earth, a sustainer and giver. So some of the things that she calls the mother, I'm just going to actually read them, is that the mother keeps balance and harmony in our lives. And that the mother knows what heals and what soothes. And like I said, she is connected to the earth because she is grounding. And that is what the root chakra is about. It's about being able to ground to the earth. Mothering and nourishing yourself. Um, this is a, literally a quote from the book. Mothering and nourishing yourself means understanding what you need and letting yourself have it. Um, so I have so many thoughts about these statements that she makes because so many times as adults we know what we should have to keep balance and harmony but then we decide that something else takes priority over giving that to ourselves we think that we need to give it to our children and but that means somehow in our minds that we also cannot have that for ourselves we believe that we need to give it to our employers or our companies or wherever we work and sometimes so that means that we can't have it ourselves because I have to give it to them as if it's an either-or situation but being the true mother archetype not only means that you understand what you need but that you give it to yourself another quote from the book on the mother archetype if we are waiting for others to look after us or to tell us what they think we need we create a web of dependency which enmeshes us and suppresses our vital growth process. Um, and this is something that I talk about all the time in terms of expecting other people to take care of themselves and you expect you to take care of yourself. If we wait around for other people to tell us what, they, what we need, um, they may get it wrong because they don't really know what we need. And the mother archetype from that root chakra says that we need to be aware of ourselves so that we know our own needs. And then we need to honor ourselves by giving it to us like a good mother would give it to her own child. And some of the things that she tells us that we really need to be paying attention to um, are nurturing yourself, taking care of yourself, preparing your own food, cleaning your own home, looking after your own belongings, providing for your own emotional needs, giving yourself the rest and relaxation that you need, asking others for help when you need it, accepting the care and love that others offer graciously without ending up dependent on them, and then being able to separate yourself from highly de dependent relationships, which are draining for you and deplete you. And when I went through these, I realized that some of these actually 
I'm not doing optimally for myself. I haven't really taken them on fully. And so I still have work to do around becoming my own best mother. And not being my own best mother archetype for my root chakra. Um, I mean, since she's comparing the non-functional to the functional archetype, it makes me feel like because I'm not being uh, the best mother to my root chakra and myself, that maybe that means that I'm embracing too much victimhood still and that there's more work for me to do on uh, becoming fully vitalized in my mother archetype. Just this week, I had an experience with recognizing that I was acting like a victim. Um, a couple days ago, I was really tired after coming home from a full day at work where I had lots of sessions back to back, um, talking with people and hadn't really scheduled myself a break. Um, I had had five sessions in a row at one point during my day. And usually I get pretty depleted after four in a row and I hadn't, um, you know, taken care of myself correctly. So I was really tired when I got home and I was having trouble engaging with my husband. It was just kind of being a lump. And I realized like, why is this? I was so I'm doing inner searching. Like, why is this happening? Um, and I realized when I really dug deep, this was not surface level or even my standard ability to look at my second level. This was, I went deeper um, and asked myself what was going on. And I realized that I wanted sympathy from him. And once I realized that I wanted sympathy, I was like, oh, well, I don't actually need sympathy from him to repair myself right now. And I can give myself sympathy because I understand what happened in my day because I was there the whole time. Um, nothing awful happened. The sessions all went well to fabulous. And so, um, yes, it was tiring, but you don't need sympathy. I mean, normally I know how to ground myself. I have a lot of exercises that I can do, but I wasn't doing those. Um, and so that's what made me curious is that I had this resistance to doing these things that I know make me feel grounded and prepared for the next phase of my life. They give me more energy for life. And once I realized that I was seeking sympathy and trying to find fulfillment from somewhere else rather than from within myself, I was instantly able to go, okay, I'm seeking sympathy, but I can give that fulfillment to myself in another way by doing my grounding exercises, which for me is imagining that there's roots going down to the earth and that um, I've got essentially tree roots coming out of my head and I can gather energy from um, the goodness around me and put that into myself and just say positive statements to myself and connect to my higher power. And then I felt more calm and centered and I could feel the energy coming into me and I didn't need sympathy anymore. And this was just like one moment and one evening where nothing nothing destructive had happened in my day and yet I was projecting the victim archetype. Um, and so this is just one small way that this book is impacting me um, on a daily basis. I hope that me sharing what my meditations were like 
has been powerful for you. I hope that it inspires you in some way to take care of yourself better. And um, if you're not reading the book with me, like maybe this inspires you to do so or gives you some additional bravery in some other area of your life. And if you want to take a chance on personal growth, man, I think you should do it because it has been amazing for me to grow um, in all the different ways that I have experienced that and extend myself um, and begin to do amazing things that um, even though I always said I felt like I could do anything, um, it has stretched my imagination to what anything includes. And now it includes a lot more than I ever thought was possible. Um, so pick up the book and experience life as awesome. Next time in this installment, we will be going over um, chapter four, which is the sacral chakra. And we will talk about that in the podcast episode um, at the very end of February. So read that chapter and do the journaling exercises um, along with me this month. And then um, I will share my, my thoughts with you on that in that podcast. If you are interested in learning more about codependency and people-pleasing, um, you can watch my free webinar at soulamplified.org, and that also connects in how that affects your career and your business world. And then you can apply for a free strategy session call with me to help you discover how you can just amp your life up bigger than you ever thought was possible. Have a fabulous week, and I will be in your ear next Wednesday. Bye! Thanks for tuning in, Soul Sister. Do you want to hear from me more? Sign up for my Transforming Your Codependency text messages straight to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for inspiration and education. To sign up, text PEACE to 877-338-0875. To spread this message far and wide, screenshot listening to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me. I love hearing how you're growing. Get amplified.